Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Cocktails and Spirits. This is Alphonse, also known as Fons. With me, like always, is Eric. What's up, Eric? How are we doing? Oh, we're doing great. Doing great, man. Just excited to be here again and uh, can't wait to get another episode under our belt. And today we are uh, here with Ernie Vela from Liquid Courage Bartending Services. How you doing, man? I'm good, guys. Thank you guys so much for having me, man. Thanks, man. Thanks for joining us. We're excited yeah. to talk to you. I'm a you know, kind of met you through Instagram where I see your work, you know, I'm a, you're a mobile bartending service. And so am I, so I always look up to uh, people that have been in it longer and have, you know, I admire your work. So I kind of just want to talk to you about uh, how your bartending career got started and how it became, you know, liquid courage, mobile bar services. Absolutely, man. Thank you. Uh, I've also checked out your page. I love what you do. I also love the community that we're in. I think we're in a great industry. Oh yeah, big time, dude! Uh, it, it's pretty cool. So, how did you? Obviously, you bartender. Did that begin at a restaurant bar? How did you? Uh, how did that start for you? Uh, so the funny thing is, I've actually never worked at a proper bar establishment. Um, I kind of just started bartending for fun and for friends and family, um, and that kind of led me to wanting to try new things. And I ended up going to bartending school for a little bit. Um, but the funny thing is everyone asked me like, Hey, what bar did you work at or what restaurant? <laughs> and I can't say that I worked at any because <laughs> I started my business and then we just kind of took off from there. Damn dude, that that's pretty crazy. I had no idea yeah. and I would have never guessed it based on, you know, everything I yeah. see. So that, that props to you for that. But what, so in, I guess in this case, what kind of, what made you want to get into bartending? Cause so you start off with family, just that parties here and there or what? Yeah, you know what? I always liked the fact of being able to mix cocktails and make your own drinks, you know? I think from an early age, I would say like my early college years, um, I was always a person that kind of was stuck making drinks for everyone. And that's because I enjoyed it. Um, Did I know what I was doing? Probably not. (laughs) Um, But it kind of got me interested in like learning about more spirits or learning how to make proper drinks and stuff like that which eventually led to, you know, down the road, me attending bartending school to kind of see what I can learn from there. And around what time was this? How how long ago was this? So uh, the whole cocktail, like me learning was probably like 2006, I would say kind of started. Mm. Um, And it was just more of an interest. You know, uh, my my dad is from uh, Puebla. So we always had like, uh, tequila and mezcal around and I've always just was interested by it um, and that kind of just led to me going to school I want to say I went to bartending school back in like 2015 oh so not not too long, yeah, not too long what, what is that like a is it like a year or two years or the school no, 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 yeah. the school's not too long I believe you can finish it in like three months or so okay sounds so, good so, yeah. so what was your goal to uh, go to school for your personal uh, personal gain or because you were looking into pursuing a, a business in the bartending you industry? Know, I was actually looking to pursue a bartending career, like at a bar or restaurant. Okay. Uh, but the bartending school that I was at, they started offering like weekend positions for like private events. Oh. And then I got to kind of see that firsthand and I was like, oh, I didn't know that there was such a thing um for bartenders like for bartenders so in that whole aspect really caught my attention and i noticed 
um, back then I had just bought my house in the city of like Palmdale, Lancaster. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was really no one doing it in my area. So I kind of seized the opportunity, started making drinks. And the thing is I started making drinks before I even, or working events before I even had liquid courage. It was kind of just like, <laughs> Hey, I'm available to make cocktails if you need someone. Damn, that's uh, pretty cool. About- so that's cool. So the, the, the school you went to kind of like, you know, put that idea in your head. And it, I mean, I'm guessing you did at that time. Was there a lot? Cause now, you know, I, I see there's a fair amount, but even where I'm at in Long Beach, there's not like too much, but like, how far did you have to go? Cause you're in the Antelope Valley and where else? Uh, the San Fernando Valley. San Fernando Valley. Mm-hmm. So how far did you see that there was, uh, you know, more mobile bartenders that was it more towards LA, Orange County? I would definitely say LA based. Um, once I started to learn and kind of do a little bit of research, I started to see that there was a ton in LA. I just was never, um, I guess I had never heard of them or even considered, you know, thinking about researching them. But I did notice that LA was pretty, uh, there was some really well-established businesses already. Cool. Yeah, I'd imagine the the big, they're, they're, there's just, everything's in LA. Now, yeah. when, how did you brand yourself then and how did Liquid Courage become, you know, what it is now? So initially, you know, Liquid Courage was bounced around. Um, we bounced around a few other names. At first, I, I was seeing a lot of like, you know, personal um, like businesses, like they were named after themselves. Like, for example, let's say like Mr. E's Bartending or... You know, something along those lines. And and that's where I was actually heading towards. I wanted it to be about myself because I never figured or I never saw myself growing into the business that it is today. I always thought it was just going to be something really small and only me. Um, but then one of my buddies was like, hey, like, what about like we kind of just tossed names around and then Liquid Courage came about. And then he kind of pitched it to me. I was like, hey, like liquid courage and then my other buddy was like yeah everyone needs a little liquid courage yeah mm-hmm. and boom that was it after that it was like all right this is the name we're going with that's like dude it's a it's a good name and it's everyone knows what it is so that's uh yeah it yeah. goes well and then i uh what are when when starting off you know since you say you didn't bartend um like at an actual establishment was it was there any challenges when dealing like, like with parties like f- feeling a rush or any of that. I'm sure there was, cause there is for everyone, even an experienced bartender, but what was it like handling that without like an establishment experience? Um, honestly, it was actually tough at first. Um, cause in the beginning, you know, I would kind of just show up and they would just kind of make, they would want me to make whatever drink. So at first I wasn't really knowledgeable on too many drinks. So I would catch myself like, you know, not knowing a drink and they'd be like, Oh, you know, trying to find out what it was through them or if not kind of turning to the side and kind of Googling a recipe really quick. Um, but that initial rush also is, is very intense when you're kind of new to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did catch myself kind of stumbling a little bit in the beginning when I was, you know, doing these first few events and these rushes would come to me and I was like, Oh crap. <laughs> I'm just trying yeah. to brace myself. <laughs> Yeah, I bet. So uh, Eric uh, doesn't bartend, but he's came with me before as a barback. So he yeah. knows what those, uh, he's familiar with like those rushes. Like, for example, at a 
those weddings, man, those people see the bar open for the first time. Yeah. You know, get, I guess <laughs> they, they slam there. They, they rush there and just want their drink. Yeah. And it's a lot of learning in the beginning. And then I started to get a little smart about how I'd go about things and what kind of menus I would have and how many bartenders I really should be using when I had bigger events. Um, <laughs> in the beginning, I was like, one bartender for like 200 guests. And I was Damn. like, oh. <laughs> I had no idea. Rough. Like. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like you live and you learn, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So, and then now, obviously, you're well established. So, uh, when did the whole mobile that started in like 2016? Yeah. So, the idea started 2016. And then we kind of launched Liquid Courage officially June of 2017. So 2017, okay. you were launched, and then how has that progressed for you? Like, obviously, every year keeps getting better, and um, you went from, like, weekly events to now you're, you know, I was just telling Eric, sometimes I see that you post, like, event 404 or something like that. How was that expansion? You know, it's been crazy because, like, like I mentioned earlier, you know, I only saw the business being very small, like, one event per weekend type deal, like, because initially, I was just trying to make extra money. Um, that was my whole goal. And then as I saw the potential of the business, you know, trying to expand to events, um, it became, I, I feel like, uh, not I can't say overnight, because like the first year to two years were not as fast, but it was still fast to me because, you know, I had never done anything like this. Uh, but the expansion that we have now where we can do multiple events, we have multiple bars, you know, we have our trailer, we have, I have multiple bartenders, uh, is crazy to me. Like I still kind of am mind blown by the whole thing, you know, how it just kind of progressed and happened, you know, over the last few years, um, through me kind of just, you know, playing around in the beginning and here we are today, you know, about to be six years in and we're a pretty well-established uh, bartending business. And that's awesome. And now is it just you or is there like a, do you have like any business partners or something or you're, it's you and then you hire bartenders? Yeah, correct. So it, it's just me. I hire teams. Um, and that's how I've been doing it the last few years is, you know, I, I try to expand as much as I can every year. I learn as much as I can every year also. That's yeah, it. So yeah. I- so I, I noticed that you advertise uh, luxury mobile bartending service. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and I, I think that that's something that's kind of overlooked, uh, especially when you talk, you're talking about cocktails, mm-hmm. only because I, I, I've seen the, um, the difference, uh, you, know, uh, pre, you know, pre, you know, uh, knowing what I know now to, you know, uh, you know, sampling and tasting some of the, cocktails that you know alfonso uh prepares for us and mm-hmm. there is a huge difference and i don't think a lot of people know uh how hard differentiate the difference so maybe you can kind of you know touch a little bit on how that might incorporate into luxury yeah absolutely um and, and i wasn't always considered i didn't always consider myself like luxury bartending business uh, but as time went on and then i started to see how our drinks started to evolve from mm-hmm you know, your regular, let's say, club-style drinks, like your AMFs and your Long Island like tea, iced teas and stuff like that. So then when we started to get a little bit more craft, when we started to be able to uh, incorporate ingredients that you just can't find everywhere, and then we also would get the clients involved on having them choose signature cocktails that really meant something to their event. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and for mo- for the most part, I would always say that, like, let's say for a wedding, a bride and groom kind of have a special drink that kind of, you know, reminds them of reminds them of when they first started dating or something like that. And you know, they kind of tell us, and we kind of put our twist on it, and we, you know, present it to them in a an upscale manner. So we use, you know, fresh lime juice. We use, let's say fresh fruit, premium garnishes. Like we try to take the regular drink to the next level. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, how, how was it seeing that transition? I like in valuing your work and that sometimes like, I mean, we know you, you, when you, sometimes you give out quotes and someone is shocked by your price or, or kind of <laughs> like, uh, how, how did you handle that? Cause I know like people still think bartending service is cheap. You know, they think we're just going to show up and, and, and get someone. <laughs> And it, it is what it is, um, but like, how how was that? You know, valuing your work and putting the right price. And you, obviously, you don't have to talk about pricing. But how was it for you? Uh, how long did it take for you to understand you are worth what you're providing, and either the client accepts that or they don't? Yeah, you know what? It, it took me like a good three years to kind of, you know, put it all together and say, hey, you know, this is what I want to be priced at, and this is why I want to be priced at that. And it took, I think, um, obviously we, we, we do events where people just think we show up and we make drinks and, you know, it's easy peasy. Uh, but yeah. they don't see what goes on like during the week or even prior to the event, after the event. Um, and then like the type of cocktails that we were kind of pushing out, our whole aesthetic, like even yourself, uh, Fonz, I, I see that you wear like an apron, you guys look and dress nice. And that's what we do also. We want we present ourselves well. And so, you know, the, the I guess the way I came up with my pricing was I wanted them to feel like the, it, we were or we are an exclusive service. We're not just your typical regular bartending service that shows up, you know. Um, and I tried to, like, make that known by what we put on our social media, what, what's on our website, the way we communicate. Um, and present it to them, not just as a price, but as an experience. That that's awesome, dude. That's that's great to hear because it, it's true. And yeah, you're 100 right about like you know, it's not just showing up there. I tell everyone that the, the easy part is showing up and making the drinks. To be honest, mm-hmm. the the hard part is you know you know talking to them, setting it up, prepping you know the simple syrups, all the everything mm-hmm. we need, the shopping, packing up, and then cleaning yeah. up is. It's time consuming <laughs> cleaning up. Uh, th- that's where all the details and time is spent. A lot of it. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I feel like sometimes clients have a, a hard time understanding that. And uh, unfortunately, sometimes we have to reach reject that. And I'm sure like when you started, you were taking jobs that maybe now you wouldn't even consider taking. <laughs> yeah, I've done a lot of stuff that I'm just like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, is like, you know, it's a lot of learning as you go, a lot of the clients that, you know, when they hire you, they don't consider the fact of what goes into what we're doing. I always tell people that we're probably the only vendor that you're hired, that you're going to hire that technically has to deal with a controlled substance, which is alcohol, which needs to be ID'd. You know, no one else that they're hiring has this liability of making sure that their clients don't drink excessively, that they're over the age of, you know, 21. Not only that, we also have to carry our own insurances to make sure that, you know, 
not if something does go bad that we're covered mm-hmm. um it, it's a lot that i guess gets over it's overseen and also with mobile bartending being i guess so new but also being so big at the moment um we're kind of overseen like people kind of don't really want to pay us what we're worth because you know like for example photographers get paid thousands of dollars because they have yeah. a really important job i understand but we do also we're the, usually the first ones to kind of show up and we're usually the last ones to leave um we deal with the entire party usually so it's not i feel like you know we don't get the credit we deserve i agree and i don't know it, you know i've been doing it for a year and a half so i don't know if you feel like bartending services is usually maybe like the fourth or fifth vendor that's hired. You know, first the the location, the venue, photographers. Um, you know, I feel like we're a little bit down the line, mm-hmm. even though it's such an important, you know, Absolutely. part of the party. Even though we are the life of the party, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hands down. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> be- between us and the DJ, like we we're the ones who keep the party going. You're, you're yeah. you guys are the reasons why those photos are uh uh. Uh, for the way they are, if you have, people have you fun, people enjoy themselves. Absolutely, I agree. So, what have you, um, like, how do you think that can change for us? You know, that they, um, do you think that's just going to be a matter of a couple years now that it's becoming more popular that people are going to see the importance of having the right bartending service, or is it just kind of hoping that the bartending service? Uh, industry prices themselves well, where people realize, you know, like there's a standard for a DJ, there's a standard for uh, photographers, there's a standard for whatever it is, and now there's also going to be a standard for bartending services. Yeah, ideally, that's the goal for people to see that there is a standard for bartenders also, um, and not always trying to lowball us because they think it's like, hey, we're just showing up to mix a few ingredients. Um, I think throughout the last few years, I have seen a change, and that's amazing. Um, but there's always, you know, those services that are really well or, uh, you know, they're a lot lower price than I am. And I understand, you know, people start somewhere and they want to build their business also. Um, but I always just try to educate the client that sometimes, you know, cheaper, cheaper isn't always better. You know, we, we've taken the time to figure out what exactly is needed per event at this point. Um, and all I can do is, you know, continue to advocate for what we do and, to make sure that other businesses are also pricing themselves at what they should be worth, not just to get a job. Yep. hundred percent. Now we've been talking about kind of like the, the client that kind of sometimes tries to lowball us. Now I'm sure throughout this, uh, you know, five years that you're on or maybe going to six, you've had a lot of returning clients. Now what's that feel like to know that you have, you know, so many, I'm sure you have so many returning clients that you've done multiple events for. You know, it's amazing, man. Um, And it's so cool to see that every year, you know, at at some point, these clients become your friends. Um, And I have a ton of, you know, people that hired me when I first started that still use me for their events or still refer to me. And we've been able to become friends and not just, you know, client and, you know, bartender. Um, Just like a few days ago, we did a Christmas event, our last event of the year. They have hired me since the beginning and they continue to use me almost probably five, six times a year for the last four or five years. Um, And it's just cool. It's really cool to the fact that, you know, they trust me. They've tried other people when I, you know, in the beginning I used to like, 
um I, if i wasn't available i would just be like hey you know like let's just, i'll help you find someone else or you know i can't make it um and even through them trying other people like they still come back to me which is amazing damn that's yeah, awesome I, man. I, and i think that has to do a lot not just with the you know with the um the type of console the type of things you're performing but the, the service that comes behind it that has a lot to do with it too yeah absolutely i, I definitely put a lot of uh, research and knowledge and learning into what we do. Uh, and as as the years have gone on, it's just, and I would say every event is different. You know, every event we're adding something new or maybe we're taking something away, but it's always a learning experience at each event. Now, uh, I do, I did see that recently you've done like, like, you do community stuff too. I was telling Eric that I unfortunately couldn't make the last like, bar uh, mobile bar meetup that you did mm-hmm. but because I, I work monday nights and it was on a monday night and there was uh i was like man i saw everyone there that you you know them based on their you know instagram handle which is funny mm-hmm. that's kind of like how i know everyone instagram handle yeah and and it's uh i was all i was bummed i was like man that was such a good turnout uh so that's pretty cool that you kind of like don't see you know you you embrace the what many people would consider the competition you know yeah, absolutely. And it takes learning, you know, like at first going into this, I was just like, oh, this person's my competition. That person's my competition. And then uh, I started to work with a few people because I couldn't keep up anymore with my own business. So that I'd be like, hey, do you have extra bartenders that you might not be using that, you know? And they're really the ones who opened my eyes to like this whole community over competition, you know, that we kind of always talk about. Um, but yeah, I had I've done two within the last six months. I try to do them every quarter. And what I try, all I really want to do, like the whole outcome of it is for people to kind of, you know, come out, talk business and meet each other, you know, talk about goals and see how everyone can move forward together. It doesn't always have to be like, you know, competition, competition, competition. Because either way, you know, some people might not like the fact that I, you know, consider everyone community. There's still some people that consider us competition, you know. Um, but my whole goal is to make sure that everyone can kind of grow. Cause if, you know, uh, I always tell people that if you're willing to hustle and work hard, you know, there's always going to be work for you. There's yeah. enough for all of us. Yeah. All the parties that exist, you know, every weekend of the year. I mean, that's, it's not just a few of them that you shouldn't be able to, you know, be able to refer to someone else in case you're not available or yeah. uh, anything like that, or help someone out that's trying to get started because there is yeah. a lot of business out there. Yeah, and, and a lot of them do come out to these events. They come out, they, they don't even have a business yet, but they're coming out to ask questions, and they come up to me, and they're like, oh, you know, thanks for doing this. I I didn't know how to approach anyone. Like, uh, I had so many questions, and you guys were able to help us, not just me, but everyone there. Everyone there is so open about, you know, helping and, you know, seeing someone start their business also. Yeah, I, I bet it was a. I got. I, I was a little sad. I was bummed, man. I was like, man, that, that looked. It was like thirty of you guys, no? Yeah, it was like thirty businesses that came out. Definitely more than the first time I held my first one. This That's time, cool. man, everyone came out. And I and the thing is, like, I had to change the location the same day because it started to rain, and the venue that we were using oh, was man. outdoor. So, like, on the drive there, I was like, oh, you know what? Hey, we're changing the meetup. Um, so I didn't think too many people were going to come out, but a lot of people still came out. 
Yeah, it looked like a good time. Yeah, and, that, and then recently you did like a toy drive too, right? So I mean, you're like, you know, you're you. It feels like you do a lot for your community as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I cool. love to give back. Um, I, I have a my one of my passions aside from bartending and you know my business is uh, working with kids. Uh, I have a background of working with kids. I used to work with kids before. Uh, I decided to you know work on my own business. So I have like a like a soft spot when it comes to kids and wanting to help them out. And, you know, one of my bartenders on my team, he's one of my good friends. His name is Carlos. Uh, he's actually the one who approached me about starting a toy drive in honor of his own son that passed from um, pediatric brain cancer. Oh, and uh, so because of Carlos, he brought it up to me and I was like, you know what, bro, like, let's just do it. And so last year, um, within two weeks, we were able to raise like over a hundred toys for um, the Children's Hospital of Orange County, where his son was treated. And so that just started a whole movement, and people were so in, and it was crazy to see that everyone was so supportive. Because uh, when you think about it, you know, you're a bartending service, and you're here, you know, trying to reach out for toys on social media. You, re- I, you I guess, I didn't expect the outcome that we got. Um, it looked like so it a great cool. turnout. I know recently you posted the picture of the final result of this year, and mm-hmm. it, it, it was just nice to see. I'm like, man, that, that that's so cool. And I bet you know it feels good to give back to the community, especially you know yeah. the cause that it is. It's for uh, your your friend's son, so that's yeah. I, mean, so I, I bet that's even that feels great, and it feels great for Carlos, right? You said his name was. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he. It, it's just really inspiring, and the fact that we're doing it for him and his son. Uh, it's just the cherry on top and people are so, you know, supportive and I'm just glad that, you know, he, he brought it up to me and we were able to make it happen and, you know, use my brand for something that's, you know, driven towards the community. Yeah. And, and spe- speaking of that, of the van, I, I know that everybody has their own kind of like um, uh, uh, nature, their own preference. What, what really drew you to the type of vehicle that you have? Cause it's pretty interesting. Yeah. You know what? Um, I think like after because I've kind of revamped my logo, uh, I think twice before the one I have now. Um, And I didn't always know that this was going to be my style. But then when I figured out that these are like the colors, the aesthetic I wanted, I have like a like a modern slash speakeasy feel to my brand. Yeah. And so when i saw this uh vehicle i actually saw it through like an instagram ad like as i was scrolling because uh, initially what i wanted was a horse trailer uh, okay. i wanted to convert a horse trailer into a bar because that, that like it was in it's still in people there's a lot of people who still do it and have them but then when i started to notice that uh, a lot of people were kind of going towards the same thing and then I saw this one pop up on my Instagram. I was like, whoa, like, this is it. Like, <laughs> that's all it took was that one Instagram ad. And then I kind of just started messaging. Uh, I took a trip out to Miami because uh, that's where it came from. And oh, I just, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I went to go see it in person just to make sure, like, this is what we want. This is the look we're going for. And I fell in love. <laughs> that's it. Now you have a name for it, too. Yeah, so we ended up, uh, we decided to name it Onyx. That's a good name. Just because with the black feel, everyone asked me, like, oh, how'd you come up with the name? And honestly, I was just trying to keep the theme, the name to the same color, like, ish. 
um, if that makes sense. So we thought about like, you know, Onyx, we thought of like graphite and like dark colors and stuff like that. <laughs> and Onyx was the one that kind of was like, oh, you know, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it, it's great. It looks great. And did you have to do a lot of work to it or kind of came ready to go? So, um, yeah. so the way that you I purchased it, it was like an empty canvas. Um, so I got to choose like kind of what went in it, uh, what colors I wanted, etc. So it was pretty customizable, which was really cool. Um, ideally, if I could change something, I probably would change the inside a little bit just so that it has more of a bar feel. It's it, So you're able to like work from the inside from, is that what you mean? Yeah, I can work from it now, but like the, the guys who built it, I was the first one that made it into a bar. Okay. So you could purchase the same type of trailer and you could kind of make it whatever you want. People use it for like food or coffee or flowers. Okay. Uh, but I was the first one to bring it, uh, to buy it and turn it into a mobile bar. So they didn't have too much like uh, reference. Yes. When it came to like a real bar setup. So that's the only thing that I would probably change. And I, I plan to do a little bit of work on it still. So. Well, that's cool. That, that That's good yeah. though. And uh, how often are you using that one? Are you, is it pretty uh, booked up and stuff? Cause I know you use it for like photo shoots and stuff even. Yeah. So we do a lot of photo shoots with it. Um, for the most part. I mean, we've only had it a year. Uh, okay. We got to use it at least like once or twice a month for the year. So we got a pretty good use out of it. That's sick, man. It, it, it looks great. And it, it it does have like, I do get what you mean by the Onyx. It just, it looks like it fits it. And it, I think it's it's a perfect fitting name for it. Yeah, I'm kind yeah, of glad that we, that's what we chose. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know you're also into, uh, uh, apart from bartending and all that, uh, you're, you're an Agave Spirit fan. I know you're in the... One of those uh, Instagram group messages that we're all in, all those uh, agave <laughs> spirit fans in. So now, uh, what, what's your favorite mezcal, tequila, or you know, what do you like to drink or have? Uh, I think I'm more mezcal forward, um, just because I love how many expressions of mezcal you can try. Um, I feel like every bottle of mezcal that I've ever tried is always different. You know, it's, unless you're buying the same brand, the same expression. But I think that mezcal is definitely my go-to now. You said your family, your dad was from where? Was it? Uh, My dad's from Puebla. Also, pretty good uh, mezcal down there. You've been down there? Uh, you know what? I haven't been down there. Um, my dad and all my dad's family, they all live here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't think we've ever made the right time, which is one of our, one of my goals this next year is to go back um, and visit and kind of learn more about the town and all that. Um, but they do have good mezcal. I feel like mezcal has always been in my family. I didn't know that it was mezcal back then, obviously. Um, but they used to drink it out of like these like random jugs, you know, like, uh, yeah. wasn't like branded or anything. It was just like, Hey, let's drink this mezcal in this gallon. And now you'd be like, <laughs> Oh, you know, that's the good stuff that's coming. Yeah. In, yeah. In that probably fresh off the still or something. Yeah, little did I know, but, you know, they were far ahead their time, you know, um, and here we are today, you know, I, I get to drink and enjoy mezcal on a different level also. Big time. What are some of uh, your favorite ones right now that you could think of? Uh, for for mezcal, I would say 
there's a few like uh, a lot of like the La Luna um, stuff I've been able to try and I really enjoy. Um, what else? Um, yeah, La Luna I recently did like a like a little tasting with this brand called Mezcal Hacienda uh, Opongio. Okay. Um, they have really good stuff. Comes out of Michoacan. Um, I also work with a brand called uh, El Samaritano Mezcal. And I've been able to try all of their stuff, and it's pretty good. But I are think you, those those are pretty solid choices. Are you like a brand ambassador for them? or? Yeah, for the most part, yeah. I do a lot of their stuff. I do a lot of their cocktails. I help them out at you know festivals and stuff like that. Well, that's pretty sick. So, And you yeah. think that, that came from, you know, probably the way you brand yourself and they liked it and they just kind of like hired you for that? Yeah, so originally the way it started was just – um, I think it was through COVID. They reached out. I was like, hey, you know, we have mezcal. We just want to show you what we have and see if you're interested. And, you know, we kicked it off. And that led to us kind of working together. And because of them, I've been able to do some really cool stuff. Um, and then that led to other opportunities and learning and getting to know, like, this whole mezcal group that, you know, um, that we're in or agave group that we're in and doing all these pretty crazy events for people. Damn, dude, that's pretty crazy from making yeah. cocktails for your family to, you know, your own very successful business and then even helping brands out with content and cocktails and stuff. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool. I didn't know that I would ever get into like the whole, you know, brand stuff. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of saw the opportunity. And then uh, my biggest thing when it comes to business is networking. Uh, I'm very big on like attending events and talking to people, reaching out to people on social media uh, emailing. And so, you know, I've been able to meet some really awesome people and do a little brand stuff, uh, which is really cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's about putting yourself out there and, you know, I, I feel like the industry industry is pretty welcoming. Um, I, I feel, especially for us. I mean, the, the people that we contact that have been very, you know, it's like, like, it's just like you like, Hey, yeah, I'll, I'll more than happy to stop by and talk about what I do. So, I think yeah. in general, the, the whole industry it's it's pretty uh pretty open and they're they're pretty pretty um uh, helpful and willing to help. Yeah, absolutely. It's I, I love it, and the fact that you know I get to learn and um do research and potentially take a few trips to like Mexico and learn more about it, and it also helps my brand. So it, it's really cool to see it all come together, and you know the fact that we're even in the agave industry and the what the kind of boom that it's been taking the last few years, it's great yes. to be a part of it. Big time. Yeah. I tell uh, Eric and I kind of started this kind of like, it's just cause we used to like to get together and uh, get, you know, drink and talk about it. And we're like, well, let, let's just try to that see where this courage. podcast goes. Yeah. Liquid courage, <laughs> liquid courage made us do it. And then one day we're like, let's just do a podcast. And I messaged a bunch of people. And, you know, they're like, I tell everyone, they're like celebrities within the industry, but they're not like celebrities like Rick and, you know, we're not trying to hit up LeBron James or something that hard. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, within our industry, people know of them. So that, that's more than pretty welcome, cool. Though. And everyone has been like cool with it and they, they hop on. And uh, yeah, it, like you said, it's just about networking and you know, getting to know people, getting to know what they're doing. And it, it's a lot of fun learning. So most of the time, like we we sit back here, ask questions, but we're also learning. And it's cool to hear what everybody does. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's been really cool. Like even the in the agave group, like 
I learn so much. Sometimes I don't respond or like, but I read everything that these guys throw on there and I'm just like, whoa, like it's a whole learning experience without me like ever having to ask questions because they ask themselves within the group, you know? Um, and they always have the inf. Someone always has the answer, dude. Do yeah. you find that crazy? Like, and they, they be yeah. pulling up like, like, uh, I don't know, like the actual laws, like they have, I feel like they have like a huge Bible of whatever the loss <laughs> of Mescala are ready to go. And yeah. they, if any questions, they're able to answer it, what it is. Yeah, which is really cool because sometimes I'm just like, oh, I have a question. And I just reach out and boom, you know, someone can help me out. And I feel like every person has something different to offer. Um, even like within the group, like some of the guys have hired me to like, you know, do events. Uh, and I think that's really cool. Um, and like through social media, like is how I kind of started talking to all these guys. Um, and I think you guys did a podcast with Lucas Assis, correct? Yeah, the, mm -hmm. we did one with Lucas, um, Chewy, and Hector too. We have a Miss oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. And even uh, we have one with Miss Agave too. Oh no, Ashley's really cool. I, I met her in Miami when I went to go uh, pick up my trailer. I made it a. Uh, I had to go check out her uh, bar that she was working at, and we we linked up and we had a few drinks and stuff. So it was really cool. Dude, that's funny because you, I, I said Miss Agave and you said Ashley, and then that on her podcast we joked around saying like a lot of people. It, I at first didn't know her name was Ashley. Yeah, I, I just knew yeah. her as Miss Agave. <laughs> yeah, and, and but that's how it is, you know, like Instagram handles. Uh, like for example, Hector, it's just like oh, that's Copitas. Copitas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's how we kind of I kind of refer to people. Sometimes I I feel like I still don't know some people's real names. Well, sometimes where we we're uh, I'm sending the info to Eric and I gotta I send them a name. I go I have to go click on their page and then see hopefully like they have a website like yours. I found <laughs> you know Ernie because I just I'm like liquid courage. Yeah, and then uh. There was one where I couldn't find the name, dude, and I forgot how. I had to like creep on their uh, comments to see if someone called them or, uh, a name or something because I didn't want to ask. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy the social media world, man. Big time, man. So, how's 2023 looking for you, dude? I know uh, you had not so long ago, I saw that you posted something like it's going to be a little bit different that it's still mobile bartending. But, yeah. Uh, what kind of direction are you taking if you want to talk about it or not, but how's, or how's the outlook for the year looking for you? Uh, you know, what looks great. You know, obviously my main focus will always be events. Um, I think within the last few years, I've kind of learned that uh, I much rather do quality than quantity um, just because it gets a little overwhelming, you know, after doing so many events throughout, throughout the whole year. So I think I, I want to sh shift my focus a little bit. I still want to do the events primarily, but I also want to do a little more of brand work. I also want to do a little bit of uh, mobile bar coaching or consulting. Um, and also I want to work on a, some more content, um, you know, things like that where I can help other bartenders or, you know, even cocktail content, stuff like that. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. That's good. You know, you already like a, you already know how to do the mobile bartending. So, you know, if you feel like if at any point you just got to you're like, oh, I got to go back to the roots. You already know how to do that. So it's good to mm -hmm. be able to, you know, put yourself in a different situation to, you know, either create more income or different source of revenue. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. The bartending is great. You know, it keeps me alive and uh, I can't complain about, you know, when it comes to how much we 
how much like how many events we do and stuff like that because you know luckily it kind of just i've been able to build it so at this point it kind of comes in and it's amazing you know and i'll never take it for granted that's why i really hardly ever say no to events just because you know the fact that they're even reaching out to me you know and i, I had to do zero to little work it's just an awesome feeling but i always make sure that i'm on the phone and talking to the clients and you know, trying to get them to know me before they hire us and stuff like that. So um, I don't think that'll ever change. That's my bread and butter, you know? Yeah, I bet. Now I got to ask, what's storage like for you? Is it, do you have a big garage of storage or is it pretty crazy uh, with all the stuff you got to store? Cause man, I don't know about <laughs> you, but for me, it's like, damn, I, I would just, it's so much. Yeah. You know what? Uh, it's getting to the point where uh, I'm going to have to find a bigger storage, man. Uh, cause right now, you know, everything's out of my house. Um, but we're outgrowing it little by little. And just today I was driving somewhere and I was like, Hey, like, let me drive through this little street and see if they have like any warehouses available, you know, cause I, I've been considering within the last year of like, um, getting like my own office, my own warehouse, you know, having everything all in one place. Um, but you know, with the area, the area that I'm in, uh, it's just extremely overpriced. Um, so that's why I've kind of been holding off, but I, I, I definitely need some new storage, man. I, I, I bet dude. Cause sometimes like when I, there, sometimes when I have like maybe two or three events, the times that it's happened, you come back and it's just a mess and working out of like, you know, I'm in an apartment and I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> Hell no. I, I, I need a bunch of storage. I'm like, uh, I, yeah, I wish I had a place, a warehouse, you know, a, a huge sink, uh, stuff like that. Yeah, it's definitely not easy, man. And the more you grow, the more events you have in a day. Like, for example, you know, like for us, uh, let's say we're doing four events on Saturday. Like, I'm already prepping for the event, like, as of Wednesday, you know, mm -hmm. just to make sure that I have enough space. Because the day of, like, I cannot do everything in one day anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, like, moving things around. And then, obviously, you know how it is the day after events. Yeah. It's just everything is everywhere. My bartenders just come and drop boxes off, and I have to go through everything, clean everything. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, man. Sometimes I can't even listen. One time I told one my one of my groups was that they finished really late, and I said, "Hey guys, stop by in the morning." They just stopped by at like one thirty a.m. I'm like, come <laughs> on. <laughs> and those, yeah. those, are, those are the little things that you said that kind of also come into play. That it's part of the part of the job that. I mean, you got to incorporate into your, your pricing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's little things like that. And that's stuff that I've learned within the last few years, you know, it's just learning. Um, like, for example, like travel and mileage, like knowing how much to charge, you know, because like with us, we kind of don't have a radius. We've done, I'm in Los Angeles, but I've done things in like San Diego, Santa Barbara, mm. Vegas. Um, and it's just learning to, price yourself accordingly like if i'm going three hours away and my event ends at midnight i'm not gonna drive home at midnight you know so i'm gonna charge you for a hotel mm -hmm. that makes you sense because mm -hmm. i can't all i can't risk myself driving three hours back home late at night when i'm super tired you know for the price that i was that i quoted you know i have to make it has to make sense to me now before i would have yeah. obviously i would be like yeah i'll do the job and i'll drive back the same night but now I'm very cautious and I, I try to be, you know, make sure that when I go out and do these jobs that, you know, we're definitely getting what we're worth. 
Yeah, because most of the time people, you know, if they're contacting you, they're contacting you for a reason. And it's because they, they like the service or they at least like what you're presenting within mm-hmm. the pictures or your website. And if they want it, then, you know, obviously you got to pay for it. You got to pay for what that person is, you know. Yeah. Um, char- charging. And it is what it is. And I feel like it's important for everyone to understand their value of their time and their, their yeah. service, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's something that you learn along the way. It's just uh, I feel like there's always a lot of self-doubt. Uh, when it comes to pricing and what you're pricing yourself out, because I feel a lot of people go through the same thing of like, oh, you know what, this might be too high. Um, let me let me lower it so it seems more reasonable to the client. But you know, throughout the years, I've been able to realize that, you know, this is what I want to make. Now, I, I don't want them to pay me what they want to pay me. I want to get paid what I'm what I'm worth and what I know I should be getting paid. And that's what I try to advocate to like everyone that I meet. It's just like you know what set your prices and send your prices. If they come back and say you're too high, uh, maybe you can add value, you know, add an extra mixer, add extra cups along those lines where, you know, you're not really lowering the price for the client, but you can give them something extra. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it ever happened to you where uh, at the beginning I would send out a quote and if they don't respond within like five minutes, I'm like, I wanted to send them. Oh, no, it's a, it's a, yeah, I could do it for this much or stuff like that. That happened to me a couple of times. And I'm like, I got to stop that. Yeah, it's tough, man. It, it's like um, I, I, at the beginning, for sure, it's just like, oh, man, this is this seems too high. Maybe I'll lower it by a few bucks. Or maybe I won't charge them mileage because they're not going to want to pay me to go all the way to their house and then pay for my fee. It's just like little things like that. You're like, oh, yeah, I should have I should have charged for that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there's a few events where I know I probably didn't make the money or I broke even, but you know, it's it's just learning. <laughs> Big time, man. Well, uh, thanks, Ernie, for uh, you know, yeah, uh, thanks for talking to us. Thanks for uh, you know, doing what you do with the meetups and you know, uh, helping out anyone that you know has came to you for questions. Uh, I think I once I saw that you posted that you hired uh, someone for professional photos, and then I was like. Well, it's, it's good to know you did that and they worked out for you because I've always wanted to do that. But, you know, and uh, but I want to and I think I'm going to do it because you recently posted about it, too. So, yeah, thanks for I, helping out. Absolutely. Little tips and tricks that I feel were helpful. You know, I like to share. And but yeah, man, thank you guys for having me on. And I hope that you guys can make it out to the next meetup. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Yeah. yeah, we'll be there. Can, any idea when or what, when what you're thinking? I'm actually thinking uh, end of January, just so that we can kind of start the year right. Oh, and, no. Oh. We're going to be in Mexico. We're going to tequila end of January. Oh, well, I'm going to, man. Yeah. Get the oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shoot the invite, man. <laughs> yeah, we're we're taking off on the 27th to early. Yeah, 27th of January. So we're oh, excited. Right, so- we're within a month. That sounds we'll, fun, We'll dude. be in, in tequila, and then we'll, we'll also in Arandas. Oh, that's amazing, man. That's really cool. That's what that's one of my goals. But if not, I'll do it the week before, maybe in February. It's still like, you know, it's not Up a set date. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Well, hopefully we're here when you do it. And yeah, uh, we'll sure. definitely want to be there, you know, meet you in person and then meet all the other people from the bartending community, mobile bartending community. Absolutely, man. That'd be amazing. But you guys definitely enjoy that trip, dude. Thanks, man. We definitely will. All right, Ernie. Well, thanks for your time. Uh, you want to let us know where we could uh, find you, uh, your Instagram website, any other social uh, media? 
Absolutely, man. Our Instagram is Liquid Courage LA. Uh, our website is pretty similar, liquidcouragela.com. TikTok, uh, I use all the same handles. Um, but yeah, man, that's where you can find me. Sweet. Awesome. So for anyone right. that needs mobile bartending service, you know, hit up Ernie and uh, he'll make you some delicious cocktails. All right, guys. <laughs> Thanks, man. And we'll talk to you soon. Talk to you, man. Thank you, guys.